Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today we're going to talk about the film Mannequin 2 on the Move. No, no, wait a minute. Not today. No, today we are going to talk about some of my film highlights for the summer of 2020. Before I begin today's episode, I'd like to give a special shout out to my pal Zeb, known on YouTube as Zeb Dallas. Hey Zeb, I saw the video that you did an impression of yours truly, and I loved it. Thank you very much. Very cool stuff. Uh, and when I see the name Zeb Dallas, I can't help but to want to say Zeb Dallas Multipass. And uh, if you don't know why I said Multipass, which is actually multipass, I'm referencing the film The Fifth Element. So if you haven't seen The Fifth Element, Zeb, I am highly recommending that you check out The Fifth Element. So let's talk about summer. Now, according to the calendar, officially, summer began on Saturday, June 20th. And according to that same calendar, summer continues all the way until Tuesday, September 22nd. Now, I guess depending on where you live, you might feel the weather and go, yeah, I can believe it. I can definitely believe it's still summer. Now, I live in Hawaii where it's kind of sort of summer weather all year round. However, it is hotter than usual during the summer months. And for the record, it's even kind of cooler than usual during the winter months. But for the sake of this conversation, I am only considering the months June, July, and August for my summer movie conversation. Now, in the month of June, I watched 60 titles. How do I know? Because like the true movie dork that I am, I count. You know that I count. I have a movie calendar. And I save I save every page of this movie calendar. I started this a couple of years ago, so I can even go back to the past and tell you what some movies that I watched uh, in uh, the summer of 2019. Now, in July, I watched 60 movies. Who wants to guess how many movies I watched in August? Because if you guessed 60, you would be correct. That's a total of 180 movies. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like it's a coincidence. Uh, I feel like when I watch movies and I start to write them down, as I'm watching them during the month, I can't help myself. I start to count them. I know that's dorky, but I've never pretended to not be a dork. And I start to see the numbers... Uh, get bigger, and that excites me. <laughs> like, ooh, watching so many movies, I have something to be proud of. I don't know. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Just feels fun, feels special. 
So, you know, having a big, a big number feels kind of cool. So I try and like make it, you know, as big as I can. And when I did 60 in June, going into July, I didn't necessarily think, oh, I have to repeat myself, but I was on a roll. So I thought, hey, what the heck, let's do 60 more. And the fact that I did do 60 more, I actually did go into August going, I need to do 60 movies. Now, I'm not going to talk about all 180 titles that I watched in these three months, but I am going to talk about some of the movies that really stick out. Um, I'll talk about like certain standout titles, and I'll talk about like which franchises I visited. I started June with a franchise, and that's the Death Wish franchise. And I already talked about the Death Wish movies in a podcast episode at the beginning of June. And there's five movies in that franchise. But what I didn't talk about in that episode is that I also watched the remake. Now, Death Wish stars Charles Bronson. And in the remake, it stars Bruce Willis. Now, um, <laughs> I feel like most people just immediately don't want to like a remake, especially if they love the original. Um, sometimes with certain movies, I'm very precious about them, and I don't want to give the remake a chance. With Death Wish, I was very willing to give it a chance because, you know, I wish that was super cool and be like, yeah, I spent my whole life watching these movies and they're really near and dear to my heart. But the thing is, they were first time viewings for me and I really enjoyed them, but I wasn't not going to watch the remake. It's directed by Eli Roth. It stars Bruce Willis. Uh, I like Eli Roth. I like Bruce Willis. I wanted to see what they did with the, with the, with the Death Wish um, name. <laughs> I know it's a little different. It is a little different than, than the original. And I liked it. I thought it was really good. And I remember when it came out, I remember people were hating on it. And it wasn't even just because they were precious about the original. I think there was a very specific controversy surrounding it that I don't remember. And as I was watching it, I thought maybe it'll stick out during the movie. Like, ooh, this is obviously the thing that everyone's mad about. But I, you know, I couldn't see what people were mad about. It was just a really cool violent action film. I liked it. Good revenge movie. Um, and you know, Charles Bronson has shoes that are impossible to fill, but I think Bruce Willis is a decent choice to attempt to fill those shoes. He doesn't even try to play the part like Charles Bronson. He does it in his own Bruce Willisy way. Now, speaking of remakes, I watched for the very first time in my life the original version of Gone in 60 Seconds, and I watched it on the same day that I did this with a double feature with the remake, the one that most people are familiar with, a movie that people are so familiar with they're probably not even aware that it's a remake. Gone in 60 Seconds, starring Nicolas Cage, is a remake. The original one from 1974 is kind of the same plot, but it's not entirely the same. Um, it's good. I think both movies are very good. 
I think the remake is glossier. You know, it's a modern day slick car chase action film with a lot of movie stars and such. And the original is like a more kind of low budget, almost indie looking kind of movie with no stars. And because of that, it feels more real, you know, like when you watch a movie with a bunch of movie stars that you're familiar with, even though you're impressed with stunt driving and so forth, I personally don't ever feel like there's any sense of real danger because I know that it's very, uh, very safe, you know, <laughs> as where the 1974 film has a dangerous feel to it that I really appreciate. And it's more intense to me than the remake. Um, I'm not saying that one film is better than the other, but they're different. They're very different. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, even though I just said that I'm not saying that one film is better than the other, I gotta be honest with you. If I could only own one of them, I'd pick the 1974 film to really put things into perspective of how much more intense the original one is to me versus the remake in the remake the final car chase in the film at the end lasts 10 minutes and in the original 40 there's a 40 minute car chase that's crazy and it's awesome too now speaking of franchises i watched the Thor trilogy. Yep, that's right. From the MCU. <laughs> I feel like the Thor trilogy is the least popular of all the trilogies that lead into the Avengers films. And of those three films, the second one, Thor The Dark World, I think it's called, is the least popular of them. I heard a lot of people say that they think it's boring. I'm going to say I don't think it's boring. Like, I get it. I get why people think it's boring. But being a horror movie fan, I really like how spooky-ish that second film is. It just has a dark, creepy vibe that not only do the other Thor films not have, but, you know, you don't really see in the other MCU films either. Which, you know, you don't need to because that's not why you watch a Marvel film. But I appreciate that one exists that's like that. So I'm just admitting to you here <laughs> on this podcast episode that there's one guy who actually thinks that the Thor The Dark World movie is an okay film, and it's this guy. Now, something I've been doing all year long, and I'll admit this to you now, is... I try to reserve at least one day a month to watch an Adam Sandler film. And I do that because I love him. His movies make me happy. His movies make me laugh. I've been a fan of his ever since the beginning. And I just thought, hey, if you love the guy so much, why don't you watch one of his movies at least one day every month? So I do. And sometimes I even watch more than one movie. So here are... The movies that I watched in the summer of 2020, starring the Sandman. In June, I watched two. I watched Bulletproof, which is a movie from the 90s that he did with Damon Wayans. 
and I watched The Do-Over, which is a film he made for Netflix with David Spade. In July, I watched Little Nicky. And in August, I watched You Don't Mess with the Zohan. There you go, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's September as I record this episode, and I've already watched my Sandler film for the month. I watched uh, Billy Madison. I did that with a double feature with Back to School because I thought it'd be fun to do a double feature of two comedies where a guy who shouldn't be in school has the connections to go back to school and hilarity ensues. (laughs) You know, before I end this month of June, I want to mention that I watched a film called The Warrior. It's from 1981. Gosh, I really regret not looking up where this movie is from. I want to say Indonesia, but I feel like I'm wrong. It's a foreign film. It's a movie that is on the Mondo Macabro label, which is a label that puts out cult films from all over the world. And the only reason why I want to bring this movie up because of this one scene that I really love. There's this scene where the title character, the warrior, is fighting this evil wizard kind of guy. And his power is that whenever you cut off any limb on his body, it will magically just fly back onto his body and reattach itself, including his own head, because there's a scene where they behead him, and his head is on the ground, and he's laughing like, ha 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 ha, you think that'll stop me? And it, foomp, just flies right back onto his neck. And then the warrior learns that the way to defeat this wizard, this evil wizard, is to make sure that if you kill him, or if you cut him, or, you know, slice him, or dice him, uh, you have to make sure his body parts don't touch the ground. So at one point, when they're fighting, the wizard jumps up in the air like he's going to land come falling down and landing on the warrior like a like a karate move and then the warrior jumps up in the air too with his sword and slices his body directly in half so his body separates in two and before either part of his body hits the ground the warrior armed with two swords stabs both halves of his body And that's how he stops him from reattaching to himself. And I just want to bring that up because I think that's dope. It's dope as heck. Okay, let's go into July, okay? In July, as far as franchises is concerned, I watched the Airplane and the Hot Shots franchise, which I don't need to get into because I did a podcast episode on Airplane 2, the sequel. That was my return episode since I took my little break. Now, um, another franchise that I did this summer was Jaws. I did all four Jaws films. I did Jaws 1 and 2 in July, and I did Jaws 3 and Jaws the Revenge in August. So I just wanted to bring that up, and as you know, I did a podcast episode on Jaws 2, which is my favorite sequel of the Jaws sequels, but Jaws, the original Jaws, is my favorite movie in that franchise. July 10th is my birthday. So, 
I celebrated my birthday during the summer and I like to watch one of my favorite movies on my birthday. So although I don't not watch a movie on my birthday, I still keep up with that routine. I make sure it's always one of my all time faves and I have a bunch of all time faves. So I've got a lot to choose from. And this year I chose flash Gordon, which has one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. The soundtrack, by the rock band Queen. Flash. Aww. I watched a movie called Scary Movie in July from the year 1991, and I did it in a double feature with a movie called Scary Movie from the year 2000. And as I was watching, I was thinking, well, how come people don't talk about this movie more? You think that this would have been a classic? It's a horror film has a really great buildup. It's such terrific buildup and it really captures the vibe of Halloween because it takes place on Halloween. And then without ruining it for you folks, I'm going to give you my opinion without any spoilers. I felt the ending under delivered. And I felt that if that movie's ending didn't underdeliver, and it gave the audience what it wanted to see, what I think it wanted to see, it'd be a classic by now. But, hmm, say lovey. You know, I really like the movie Scary Movie from the year 2000, the comedy parody of uh, Scream and other horror films of the 90s. And I don't really care for the sequels, but I really like one scene in Scary Movie 3 a lot. I like it so much that I wish I liked that movie more because I really love that scene. Go on YouTube and just type in Scary Movie 3 crayon scenes. Crayon scene, excuse me. And a couple of people uploaded it to YouTube. Pick the one that's two minutes and seven seconds long. The one that's titled Who the F Did That? It is brilliantly funny. I love it. You know, another film I checked out for the first time in July, because it was a brand new film, is a movie that was made exclusively for Hulu called Palm Springs, starring Andy Samberg doing, doing a version of Groundhog's Day and doing it differently and doing it very well. And I feel like the only people who are not going to like it or who are going to avoid it are people who hate Andy Samberg. Now, it's not like I'm aware of a large group of people out there who are vocal about hating Andy Samberg. I'm just aware that with any celebrity, especially with comedians for some reason, there's always going to be people who really dislike certain comics. I mean, <laughs> you're talking to a guy who loves Adam Sandler, so you know that I know that there's a lot of people I'm aware that hate Adam Sandler and Sandler and Sandberg has worked together in a film called, uh, that's my boy, which I think is really funny. It's, uh, one of the rare times the Sandman made an R rated film and I like Andy Sandberg. Uh, I've liked him since uh, Saturday night live and I like Brooklyn nine, nine. I think it's a really good show, but, um, yeah, <laughs> if, if, 
If you don't hate them, <laughs> especially if you like them, check out Palm Springs. It's funny, but it's not like a comedy that's just like a straightforward comedy. It It is a trippy story that handles the whole time loop uh, plot that Groundhog's Day handles in a different way than Groundhog's Day does it. And it's very satisfying, and I highly recommend it. Okay, um, I watched the Hatchet series again in July, which is Hatchet, Hatchet 2, Hatchet 3, and Part 4 is called Victor Crowley. I had no idea when I was re-watching this series and in July that Joe Bob Briggs would do an episode on Victor Crowley in August. But yo, I'm not complaining because I love Joe Bob Briggs. I love watching him watch... I could watch him watch any movie because he's very... He's just a person that I really love spending time with, you know? I love his personality. I love how much he knows about the kinds of movies he shows. He's a film historian of drive-in cinema. I like the Hatchet series. I think the Victor Crowley character is really cool slasher. And I think they're funny, you know? I think it's a great combination of being funny and very gory. Great special effects. Graphically violent. You know, I watched a double feature of Caddyshack and Dressed to Kill in July simply because both films were sharing their anniversary date for the 40th anniversary of the day they were released in theaters on the same day. And I thought, you know what? I like them both. Why not watch them on the same day as a double feature? It ain't no skin off my back that they don't have the same tone. Sometimes the only thing you need to watch two movies or three movies or as many movies as you want to watch is do I like this movies? If these movies entertain you, watch them. <laughs> and let's be honest, if Caddyshack and Dressed to Kill were ever booked together in a movie theater as a double feature, you got to be excited for that, right? You'd be like, wow. Now, I also spent time with Spider-Man in July. I watched The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, and I watched Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm going to admit something. I like Andrew Garfield. I like him as Spider-Man. And that may shock you. That's okay, but I can shock you even worse. I don't like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I don't like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. I just don't. I watched An Evening with Beverly Loughlin on Netflix in July. It's from the same director as The Greasy Strangler and the, and the Adult Swim series Tropical Cocktails. And it was a weird, beautiful comedy art film, and I loved it. Highly recommended. And before I move on to August, I just want to mention that I watched a film for the first time called Cockfighter from the 70s. And it's weird when I watch a movie that I know that I loved, but I know that I'll never be able to really recommend it to people because there's things that are obviously problematic about it. And with Cockfighter, it's about cockfighting. So animal cruelty, right? And it's from the 70s, so it's real. And it sucks because it's still a really good movie. But let's move on, shall we, to August, where I watched a movie called Shark Night, which was pretty funny because 
at the end of the movie, it's, 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 you know, it's a thriller, right? It's a horror, horror movie. It's a shark film. And it was good. But at the end of the movie, after it was done, the cast of the film rap about the movie you just watched in the closing credits. And not in the cool way that LL Cool J does at the end of Deep Blue Sea. No, these are non-rappers uh, on screen like a music video rapping about the movie that you just saw. And it's horrible. So watch the movie Shark Night and turn it off before the closing credits. I watched a movie called Turkey Shoot, which is a film by Brian Trenchard Smith, which is a director that I really admire from Australia. I did a podcast episode of his film Dead End Drive-In a while back. And Turkey Shoot is a great film about a bunch of people in a concentration camp on an uh, in the future who are given the opportunity to win their freedom if they participate in a hunt where people can hunt them as human prey. And if they survive, they win their freedom. And if they don't, they die. And it's very violent and very awesome. Check it out. I did a double feature of a gambling theme one night of California Split and the Cincinnati Kid. California Split, the Robert Altman film, that is probably the best film I've ever seen in my life on gambling Please watch that movie. That movie's amazing. It has uh, Elliot Gould in it. I just I loved it. You got to check it out. You know, The Cincinnati Kid is another film about gambling. It stars Steve McQueen. That's my favorite Steve McQueen film. Everyone always picks Bullet. I love Bullet. But I love The Cincinnati Kid. You know, Rip Torn is in The Cincinnati Kid and he's unrecognizable. He looks completely different. I also did a double feature of the Loveless and Streets of Fire. And what those two movies have in common is they both share the actor Willem Dafoe wearing pretty closely the same leather outfit. The Loveless is Willem Dafoe's first film, and it's really good. Speaking of weird double features, I did a weird triple feature of The Exorcist 3, Wild at Heart, and My Blue Heaven, simply because... They all were released on the same day, 30 years ago. And you know what? doesn't matter that they don't have the same tone. I like all three of those movies, and I had a great time. And I think My Blue Heaven is a super quotable comedy. <laughs> it's a vegetable. I also checked out the Ringu trilogy, which is the Japanese horror films that The Ring are based on, which is Ringu. Ringo 2, and the prequel, Ringo Zero, Birthday. I really liked Ringo 2 and 1, or I should have said 1 and 2. Didn't like the prequel, didn't like part 0. Part 1 and 2 were made by the same director, and then part 0 was made by a different director, and I can't help but to feel that was a mistake. I feel like the same mistake was made with the Phantasm franchise, where parts 1 through 4 are all made by Don Coscarelli, and then the last film, Phantasm Ravager, was made by a different director who failed at finishing the franchise. In my opinion, I think it's garbage. And Ringu Zero is better than Phantasm Ravager. It's okay. It just, to me, drops the ball. I also watched the Urban Legend trilogy. Urban Legend, 
Urban Legends Final Cut, and Urban Legends Bloody Mary. I really like those movies. They're fun. Bloody Mary is a straight-to-video film. And Final Cut, I remember really not liking it back in the day. But I found that it's really aged well for me. And I find myself more... And it's no surprise. I tend to be forgiving of horror films once they become older. Those are, those are fun. I, I enjoyed watching those. I watched Crossroads from 1986. That's a movie with Ralph Macchio where he plays a, a, a guitar player who's trying to help his friend win his soul back, who uh, sold his soul to the devil back in the day. And I really love that film. That's another film by Walter Hill. I watched three movies by Walter Hill this, this summer, including Streets of Fire and The Warriors. And it really bugs me that there's a Britney Spears movie called Crossroads because every time I mention that I love the movie Crossroads, I have to be very specific that I'm not talking about the Britney Spears film. I also checked out Rampage for the first time. I really liked Rampage. You know, the one where the animals get really, really big and mess up the city and the rock has to come save them? Check out Rampage. I really liked Rampage. And finally, I want to mention that I watched The Creature from the Black Lagoon trilogy. Creature from the Black Lagoon, Revenge of the Creature, and The Creature Walks Among Us. I think Revenge of the Creature is my favorite. I really enjoyed finishing the month with The Creature trilogy. All right, next month is October. You know what that means. Tons of horror films. So for me personally, in September, I'm going to try and go on a diet of horror films and watch as least horror horror films as possible, as much comedy as possible, and drama, and just go just all out in October. Thanks for spending time with me. Until next time, aloha.